Hi there, my name is Allie Morgan, and I'm a tea-obsessed, dad-joke-telling, artist and encourager on a mission to help women live more creative and intentional lives. My philosophy is pretty simple. I believe that when we seek out the things that truly inspire us, we can't help but be nourished in amazing ways. And when we share our passion and our stories with the world, we help inspire the next woman to do the same. And that, my friend, is the heart and soul of Seek and Be. To seek inspiration and be inspiration. I'll grab my tea, you grab your favorite beverage. Let's get cozy and have some heartfelt conversations. Welcome to the Seek and Be podcast. I'm so grateful that you're here. Hey, friends. Oh, I'm so glad that you're here today. If you love books or you like to nerd out on art stuff like I do, this is going to be a really fun episode. I figure if nothing else, I get to share about some of my favorite books for creativity And if it happens to inspire some creative time or motivate you to try a new technique, well, I'd consider that a win-win. So stay tuned. I'm going to give you all the dirt on my favorite go-to books for creativity. But first things first, you know I can't get started without telling you about my tea. And today I did something a little different. You know how much I love sun tea. Well, Today I made a batch, but I also included a bag of decaf wild raspberry hibiscus tea my husband got for me, and oh my gosh, this combination is so good, and it's perfect for today. The sun is shining. It's beautiful outside. It is just the best combination. And of course, I'll link the tea in the show notes in case you want to try this super yummy combination for yourself. I've also tried just the wild raspberry hibiscus tea as, you know, just to have a nice beverage at night. And it is the perfect fix for when you just want a little something sweet. So I'll make sure to share all that information. Let me take a quick sip and then let's dive in, shall we? Okay, I am so excited for the show because I just love books. Like in my dream of dreams, I would have a whole wall in my studio dedicated to all sorts of books. And I'm not just partial to art books, although that's what I'm focusing on today. But really, I love all sorts of books. I am notorious for going to the library and getting stacks and stacks of books. (laughs) Granted, you know, it's been a little crazy out there, and I haven't been to the library since COVID hit, but before then, oh man, I could come home with armloads of books. So today I wanted to share some of my favorite go-to books for creativity. These are books that I've learned from and enjoyed, and books that I've referenced for projects, or books that I look at when I'm doing research before I start a new series. These are books that I come back to time and time again when I am looking for inspiration. And don't worry about keeping track of everything. (laughs) 
I'm going to list all the books I talk about today in the show notes so you'll have everything in one place. My hope is that you'll find some new books to enjoy, or maybe you'll feel a little inspired, or you'll get a sense of a book so you know if it's something you want to check out for yourself. I mean, believe me, if I could buy all the books, I absolutely would. And sometimes I joke with my husband that I'm working hard in my business so that someday I can have a candle budget, but now I'm thinking I might need to add a book budget in there too. (laughs) Okay, so I thought I would share a few of my favorite foundational books. These have become kind of cornerstones in my personal creative journey, and these are books that I come back to time and time again because they just hold so much wisdom and value. So if you're just starting your creative journey or you've been out of the game for a while, I highly recommend checking these out. And I'll give you a little information on each one so you can decide what might be best, like if you want to purchase something um, based on where you're at in your journey. But honestly, I think all of these would be a great addition to any studio library. So the first one It's a favorite among many artists, and that is The Artist Way by Julia Cameron, and it's certainly one of my favorites, too. It's described as a course in discovering and recovering your creative self, and it's set up as a 12-week course. And let me tell you something. (laughs) If you work through this book, you as a human will be impacted and your creative practice as a whole will be impacted. Seriously, just listen to some of the chapter titles. There's Recovering a Sense of Identity, Recovering a Sense of Possibility, Recovering a Sense of Connection. I mean, these are all such powerful things, and I just love the way that she lays out each chapter. She even includes exercises and prompts to go along with each chapter, which I think is just really incredible. So this is the book where I learned about morning pages, which is a practice Julia has done for years and years. And if you don't know what morning pages are, it's essentially uninterrupted time first thing in the morning where you write three pages freehand and you just let your thoughts spill out onto the page. And I've done morning pages off and on, and I've always found it such a great tool for clearing my head and gaining clarity. And honestly, when you do it consistently, you start finding themes in your writing. If you're just letting your thoughts spill out without thinking or judging anything, you're able to look back later and see these patterns emerge. And I feel like I've unearthed some really good notions about myself. I mean, even my worldview and just my art in general. Now, I'm not going to lie. If you haven't done morning pages before, it can be a little intimidating. I have many times where I've started to do morning pages and I've literally just written like stream of conscious, like, oh my gosh, why am I awake? I wish I was still in bed. I'm cold. I want to be snuggled in a blanket right now. Why am I doing this? Why do I have to keep writing? (laughs) Now, granted, very few times have actually been like that. In all reality, it's a practice that has been so fruitful and so full of wisdom. And most of the time, I feel so much better after writing. 
my head feels clear and I feel more focused. Really, morning pages have given me so much insight into my thoughts, my thought patterns, and the way I see the world. I feel like it is just an invaluable tool, and I've just recently brought it back into my studio practice, and I've kind of fallen in love with it all over again. Another thing that I love about the artist way is the concept of artist dates. And this was the first time I had heard of the term. And Julia talks about how important it is that we as artists take time to really nurture our inner artist. It's a time to nurture our creative spirit and to fill our inspiration well, so to speak. So since I learned about artist dates, I've tried to be more conscious of setting time aside to really feed my creativity in a more focused way that I haven't really done before. So for me, that sometimes looks like going to a museum, checking out a new art gallery, stopping into a new shop that features local makers, and sometimes it's been taking a class or learning something new. I've even gone to like special release films about other artists or different cultures and subjects that I'm curious about. I mean, this is really a sacred time where you focus on just being present and in tune with everything around you. And I just think it's a really beautiful practice to get into because we have to nurture our creativity. I wholeheartedly believe that our creativity is a sacred gift, and we have an obligation to honor and nurture that gift. We have a responsibility to nurture it and treat it with respect and to really foster the creativity that we feel within our soul. So one of the last things I'm going to say about this book is that I love doing it as the 12-week course. I've done it individually, but I know that there are lots of people that have also done it as a group, which I think is fantastic. Because even though our creative journeys are very personal and they're unique to who we are, working through something like this with a group is really great for accountability and I think it's really great for being able to process some of the thoughts and feelings, you know, around your creative journey. Because let's be honest, being an artist is not easy. <laughs> I think, you know, it may look oh so glamorous from the outside and people may assume that our lives are endless days of painting picturesque scenes or effortlessly creating but in all reality, being an artist is hard. Granted, it is the best job in the world, in my humble opinion at least, but it's still hard. There is this near constant push and pull. And we've had messaging our whole lives that being an artist isn't real work. Um, how are you going to pay your bills? Our well-meaning parents have asked. Or when are you going to get a real job? Our friends have quipped. All the while, we know with every fiber of our being that we are an artist. That's just who we are. We were created to create. And every instinct we have tells us to focus on creating. Whether it's creating artwork for our own self-expression or it's artwork to help heal the world in one way or another. 
Yes, there are logistics of being a human being and having responsibilities. And at the same time, our souls are begging us to put our gifts to use, to dive into the deep end and process our thoughts and our feelings and share how we see the world. Artists have to be resilient to live in that tender balance of being responsible, you know, being tethered to quote unquote real life and honoring the part of us that refuses to be tethered. The part of our soul that just wants to fly like a lost balloon that has quietly slipped out of a child's hand to soar and float about because that's where our soul is the happiest, where we feel most true and where we feel like our most authentic self. And I feel like working through this book with other artists is such a gift, not only to each individual artist, but to the group as a whole, to, you know, work through these exercises and prompts with other like-minded people that, that really get it. I think it's just an invaluable tool to honor your innate gifts, to nurture the creative spirit you were born with, and a really incredible way to connect with other artists and the creative community around you. If this sounds like an interesting book to you, I would highly recommend grabbing a couple of friends and seeing if they would be interested in going through it with you. I mean, if you do it by yourself, you're going to gain so much insight and knowledge um, about yourself and your creative practice. And that will happen with a group too. Um, But it's especially nice to have the accountability to make sure that you're really devoting time to honoring your creativity. So one last thing I want to share about this book is this passage that she shares Um, she shares a list of creative basic principles. And the one that I come back to time and time again is the last one on the list. And it is this. Our creative dreams and yearnings come from a divine source. As we move toward our dreams, we move toward our divinity. Oh, I think that is so powerful. I'm going to say it one more time. (laughs) Our creative dreams and yearnings come from a divine source. As we move toward our dreams, we move toward our divinity. Uh, It is such a beautiful sentiment and so powerful. So maybe now you get why I like it so much. The artist way is full of beautiful wisdom like this. And if you haven't read it already, I highly recommend checking it out. Okay, the next book I want to tell you about is called Find Your Artistic Voice by Lisa Congdon. And number one, I am just a huge fan of Lisa's. <laughs> She's a local Portland artist, and I think she is just amazing. I love her work, and I appreciate her incredible story of, you know, beginning her art career later in life. I've watched tons of her talks and interviews, and I've taken a few of her classes, and they have just always motivated and inspired me. And honestly, becoming an artist and focusing my attention on my art felt so much more possible after hearing her story. 
she does not shy away from the truths and the hardships of being an artist. She's very open about her own struggles, what she's learned through her own seasons of creative burnout. And really, she's just honest in the fact that being an artist takes a lot of work. So I come back to this book time and time again, specifically because it serves as a reminder about how important our own unique artistic voices. And in a world where we can easily see the work of countless artists from literally anywhere in the world, it can be so easy to get caught up in the comparison game. We look at other artists' techniques and we wish we knew how to do the same thing, or we see artists further ahead in their journey and we wish we were at the same point. We, you know, appreciate and enjoy their style and wonder how they got to that specific point. It can be hard not to compare yourself, especially if you're early on in your journey. What I appreciate most about this book in particular, because Lisa's actually written quite a few books, all of which I love, um, is that it really dives into what your creative voice is and why that matters. I feel like she helps discern what your style is, which I think is really important, especially when you're at the beginning of your creative journey. Um, but she also talks about how to foster your own visual identity, which is super important too. Um, as you create more work, you start to see a style emerge, and she just gives such great information that is helpful in encouraging you to explore that style in a more meaningful way. And I feel like every time I read through the book, I feel more and more empowered and inspired to embrace my own personal artistic style. I feel like she has given artists a real gift um, with this book because, at least for me, when I've read through it, it continues to inspire me to actually share my work with the world, to put it out there for other people to see um, instead of keeping it hidden away. There's a level of confidence that comes with embracing your unique artistic voice and creative style. And... Ultimately, I think that's what I love most about this book is that it gives you the important reminder that sure, there may be countless other artists using the same medium or even the same subject matter or colors, but only you can bring your unique voice and work into the world. She also touches on all the different components of what make up your unique artistic voice. And honestly, I was surprised by a lot of the things that she talks about. There are so many things I've never considered that actually influence my art. But in all reality, what I've seen, experienced, and what I've lived all play into, you know, who I am, not just as a person, but um, also as an artist. And if you follow the thread, you can see hints of those influences in my work, the same as you can do with any other artists. And I just find that really fascinating. And I feel like she weaves in and out throughout the whole book just how much your past and your own personal story influences your art. 
And it's not something that we always think about, but she gives a lot of examples of things that are part of our story um, and things that help make up our own unique artistic voice. And some of these things we wouldn't even think or consider, but they absolutely influence who we are as artists and how and what we create. So I was just going to share a few of these, and maybe these are some things you can think about if you're wanting to explore your own, you know, creative journey, or if you've been feeling a bit stuck, maybe think about how some of these things might influence your work, or better yet, explore some of these ideas in depth um, and include some of those stories in your artwork. So let me just give you a few of these to think about. And of course, I'm hoping you'll actually get the book and read through the whole thing. But here's a little teaser, something to think about for your own creative process. So some of the examples of things that influence who you are as an artist and what you create are your loves. I mean, of course, right? (laughs) Many beautiful artworks have been created and inspired by love. That's no secret. Um, But another thing is our friendships. We may not be conscious of how they influence and inspire us, but they absolutely do. Our childhood, our hopes, our secrets, our failures, our culture, our favorite books, and even all of our memories all play a part in making up our own unique artistic voice. And another thing she talks about is collections. And if you collect a specific thing, that certainly can influence what you're drawn to, um, what you're inspired by, and ultimately what ends up in your artwork. And just a side note, Lisa is a huge collector of all sorts of things. She's created several photo series based on some of her collections, and she regularly shares them on her Instagram. And I'm always inspired by them, especially her vintage erasers. Oh my gosh. Every time I see them, I daydream of going to a European flea market to find some of my very own. (laughs) There's just so much goodness she includes in the book, like interviews with other artists. And I don't know about you, but I am a sucker for artist interviews. (laughs) I just love learning about other people's techniques and their creative journeys. And I'm not sure if you're the same way, but if you are, I think you would really love this book too. Okay. Now, the next book I wanted to share is called The Creative Habit by Twyla Tharp. This book I found through a mastermind group I was doing, and oh my gosh, it is so fantastic. This book is all about developing the creative habits that will help you in your creative journey. So this is like setting up the basic foundations of setting up creative habits that are going to help you succeed in whatever you do creatively. Now, what I love most about this book is that, yes, it was really great for learning about habits that would help strengthen my creativity and studio practice. But friends, this book was such a fun and fascinating and inspiring read because Twyla is a choreographer. And I don't know that I've ever read a book about dance or read a book written by a choreographer. 
And in all honesty, I think part of what I really enjoyed about this book is that it was written by an artist that uses a medium that I know practically nothing about. Granted, I did take dance lessons when I was younger. I personally loved tap dancing. Um, Yes, there are pictures, and no, they will never see the light of day. Okay, well, never, never say never, I guess. If we need a good laugh at some point, maybe I'll bring them out, but I digress. (laughs) This book is really phenomenal. So I love that Twyla walks you through 32 practical exercises that really help you build a foundation made up of habits that will help you in your studio practice. Um, They'll help you in times of struggle because let's be honest, it happens to all of us. And it is just this kind of centering type of book that you can come back to time and time again. It's a great reminder of why you're doing what you're doing. You were created to create. And as I mentioned, she's a choreographer. And while she uses a lot of her experiences in that medium, I found it absolutely fascinating how she translates those experiences into something that any artist could use and apply to their own medium. It's seriously applicable for any artist, any artistic practice. And I loved reading through the book and figuring out how to apply all those practices to my own situation. Um, I found that translation to be really easy, even though one might assume on the surface it would be really hard to apply something from a totally different medium. I mean, I don't know that I have ever thought about dance or movement in that way when I think about or create art, but somehow it all makes sense. And I'm not going to lie. I certainly had my hesitations. I thought, you know, where's this book going to lead? What will it talk about? I mean, I have nothing in common with a choreographer. (laughs) But here's the thing. An artist is an artist is an artist. So honestly, I found it just to be so insightful and inspiring. In fact, I did a small class with a group of Girl Scouts last year, which was so, so fun. Um, I helped them make necklaces for Mother's Day. It was really sweet and such a blast. Um, And part of my time there was talking about what life as an artist is like. And let me tell you, talking to a group of young girls about being an artist was seriously one of the highlights of my creative journey so far. There were so so many of them that are still at the stage where they still want to be artists when they grow up, which is just about my most favorite thing ever. But anyways, part of what I talked to them about was introducing them to other female artists, and I included Twyla Tharp in this. Um, I wanted to include her in this little lesson because she has been doing this long enough where She doesn't necessarily feel intimidated at the beginning of a session, which like for me as a visual artist would be, sometimes I feel really intimidated by staring at a blank canvas or when I pull out a piece of watercolor paper and I'm like, I don't even know where I'm going to start. You know, so for her, there may still be a little hesitation 
It's the not knowing where her dance session may lead or what movements may come from it or even what the final piece is going to look like. But one of my favorite passages from the book is where she talks about creating a habit simply around beginning. So sure, there may be fear or trepidation or intimidation, but she gives this really great illustration of how she'll be in a room. And I like to just imagine, you know, there's the bar on the wall and the mirrors are reflecting her image back to her. And no matter what she feels, if she feels that intimidation or trepidation, she pushes through because she knows she simply just must begin. And she tells this story so beautifully of how she just has a moment of clarity and sets her mind to begin creating and then literally says, begin and taps her foot on the ground. And then she simply begins. She lets curiosity or the next movement or just the inspiration take over. And I think it's a really beautiful and powerful sentiment. And I relayed this exercise to the group that I was talking to, and we talked about fear and sometimes how it can stand in our way of doing something that we really want. And how just this simple little movement or exercise or creative habit can push us past that fear. So now imagine a group of six or seven-year-old girls all decked out in the Girl Scout uniforms, stomping their foot and shouting, begin, before diving into a creative project. It was so heartwarming hilarious, and I'm sure it's a moment that Twyla would have thought was quite beautiful. So what I took away from this book and what I continue to take away from it each time I revisit it is just how important the habits we create are. As artists, we don't always feel inspired. We don't always know what we want to create. And going through the exercises she lays out has been so helpful, even in my own creative practice. I come back to them time and time again, and it's a reminder that the little things we do, the habits that we create, they really have the power to influence our creative practice. They have the power to impact how we create and what we create, and they help set us up for success. So if you're a new artist or you're pretty early on in your journey, I would highly recommend this book. With that said, I think this is a practical and really insightful guide for any artist, no matter where you are on your journey. Even if you've been in the game a long time, I think this book is still invaluable because we can get caught up in the way that we do things, right? We get into our own cycles and rhythms, and when we first learn about art or we first set out to be an artist, most of the time we're just winging it. True story, some of us are still winging it. (laughs) But um, we may learn by watching others, or we might take some classes or glean wisdom from someone who is older and wiser. But when we're first starting out, we don't often think of you know, creating habits that are going to help set us up for success. So again, this book is called The Creative Habit by Twyla Tharp. And the tagline is learn it, 
and use it for life. And I feel like this book helps you do just that. And it can help you do that no matter if you're an artist just starting out or if you're more established. This is just a great book that I keep coming back to time and time again. Okay, now the last book I wanted to share is called The Big Important Art Book, Now with Women by Danielle Krissa. And not only do I love the little tongue-in-cheek title, but I'm also just a huge fan of Danielle's. Um, And if the name sounds familiar, it may be because you know Danielle, but you don't know Danielle. She's known online as the Jealous Curator. And she's an artist herself, and she found herself in a season of not feeling very inspired. The comparison game was strong, and she was finding other artists and feeling like, oh man, look at that cool thing that artist is doing, or look at that cool technique. And eventually she just started compiling and curating works by new artists that she was finding. And in the process, she essentially was a jealous curator. But from that, she created a really amazing and inspiring website that features contemporary artists. And she's written several books. This is just the latest one. And it was gifted to me for my birthday. And I instantly fell head over heels in love. It is seriously one of my favorite art books, one of my favorite books on creativity, Heck, it may be one of my favorite books, period. I really do love the playfulness of this book. I mean, come on. It's a big, important art book. Now with women. (laughs) Because every other big, important art book has been full of men. Let's face it. The art world, like many other things in life, has been dominated primarily by old white dudes. So it is so refreshing to have a book that really highlights the contribution that female artists have been giving to the art world for centuries, yet so many of them are unknown. We just don't learn the history of them, and so I feel like this is a great tool to connect with this kind of universal lineage we have as female artists, and it's this really beautiful way to connect to other artists that have come before us. So not only have I learned about a ton of incredible female artists, but I also really love the format that Danielle uses in the book. She highlights contemporary female artists and then also ties in the stories of female artists from history. So, for example, I have found so many new-to-me artists to explore and research because, let's face it, I love to research. Um, Not only that, but she also gives projects throughout the books inspired by the concepts or the different styles of the artists featured in a specific chapter. So one of my favorite aspects of the book is, of course, the artwork. I mean, every single one of the artists she features is incredible, and the photos are amazing. It's the kind of book that could easily be a coffee table book and all your guests would get a kick out of the title and they would learn a thing or two. I also really, really love learning about so many artists from history, which I'm ashamed to admit, but of all the historical artists she talks about, I was familiar with maybe one or two of them, which is amazing as someone who loves to learn, 
but also just goes to show how little credit was given to female artists, and it highlights just how important this book is for everyone. One of my favorite little tidbits from the book is the story of Baroness Elsa. Danielle writes how the famous or maybe I should say infamous artist, (laughs) Marcel Duchamp was a friend and collaborator of Elsa Hildegard Ploetz, who later became Baroness Elsa through marriage. So Duchamp's well-known piece called Fountain is iconic. It's a urinal turned art, and you've probably seen it, especially in the context of modern art. Well, that was her idea. I mean... I had no idea. Um, I'll just read a little excerpt here. So here's what she says. The history books will tell you it was Duchamp who pioneered the term ready-made, but that's not exactly correct. It was Elsa who found random things on the street and called them art long before other dadaists, including her friend Marcel. Elsa herself was a walking piece of art, often seen strolling through New York's Greenwich Village adorned with tin cans or vegetable-covered hats. And instead of necklaces, she liked to accessorize with a cage full of live canaries hanging around her neck. I mean, come on! That was one badass lady. And there are so many other stories of incredible women just like Baroness Elsa. I consider this a foundational type of book because, again, I think it's just so important to know about female artists that have been living and creating and navigating in a world so dominated by men. And I think there's something really magical and I think quite beautiful that Danielle has been able to capture, or really in this case, perhaps she even created it herself. It's this beautiful tribute to female artists whose contributions have been lost to history. It's a way to honor all those women that have come before us. And it's a celebration of the new generations of female artists that are living and creating and making their mark in the world right now. I just adore this book, and it's one that I return to time and time again because I feel so inspired seeing the incredible artwork, and I feel a sort of kinship with the lineage of women that she writes about. I just can't say enough great things about this book. I absolutely think it belongs in every art studio, creative nook, every dining room table turned art space. It is amazing. Again, that is a big important art book, Now with Women by Danielle Crissa, and I hope you'll check it out. And a little side note about this book is that there's actually also a companion book called A Big Important Artist, a Womanual, Creative Projects and Inspiring Artists to Kickstart Your Imagination. And it is chock full of amazing artists and really inspiring projects to, well, kickstart your imagination. Um, I just love Danielle's tongue-in-cheek style. Um, If you follow her work, then you know, I mean, she is a big Queen Elizabeth fan, and she makes so much artwork uh, based on the Queen. She has such a great sense of humor. 
Okay, so there you have it, friends. Those are my favorite books for or about creativity. And I hope you found it really helpful, or at the very least, I hope you feel inspired to check some of these books out, maybe add them to your own library. Um, I think it's so important as artists and creatives that we continue to learn and grow, to push the boundaries and try new techniques and learn new mediums and to really nurture and feed our creative spirits. So if you end up checking out or reading any of these books, I would love to know your thoughts. Send me an email or pop into my DMs and tell me what you learned or how you were inspired. Because I think it's so important. Let's keep sharing what we learn, what helps us get out of our creative ruts, what helps us grow our creative practices. You know, none of us are an island. Being an artist can be a very isolating experience. And that's why it's so important to nurture our creative communities and to share our experiences and struggles so we can help other artists in their creative journeys. Okay, friends, I'm so happy I got to share some of the books that continue to inspire me. And I hope some of them have piqued your interest and that maybe you'll check some out for yourself. But first, do you want to hear a funny story? (laughs) When I originally recorded this episode, I recorded a whole impromptu episode with a whole bunch of my favorite creative books. And I talked about each one, what I loved about them. Basically, I blathered on and on and on about how wonderful they all were, only to realize the episode stopped recording after 30 minutes. So, (laughs) although I didn't get to share all of my favorite books for creativity in this episode, I've actually created a whole guide um, just for you with my favorite books on creativity, from foundational books like the ones that I shared today, to books on techniques and even creative business books. So make sure to check out seekandbe.com forward slash episode six for the books that I mentioned today, plus a whole gaggle of other books that I know will inspire you. Again, that's seekandbe.com forward slash episode six for information on today's show and the show notes, including that handy little guide I created just for you. Okay, I hope you have a fantastic rest of your day, and I really hope you'll come back next week for an amazing episode all about the power of intuition with my friend Lauren Frontiera. It is a really good one, and I can't wait to share it with you. Thank you so much for joining me today. I hope you learned something new or found a bit of inspiration. At the very least, I hope you had a little fun. For an extra dose of inspiration, make sure to check out seekandbe.com. That's S-E-E-K-A-N-D-B-E.com. It's a very special place I've created just for you, full of free resources and other beautiful things to help encourage you on your journey. If you're looking for connection, don't forget to check out the Seek and Be community on Instagram. 
It's a lovely and inspiring place. Find us on Instagram at SeekAndBe. We'd love to have you. And don't forget, you can always get in touch by email at hello at SeekAndBe.com. Send me your favorite dad joke or share what's inspiring you these days. Or just pop in and say hello. I'd love to hear from you. Okay, friends, remember that I'm cheering you on and I'm sending you so much love. Now, go out there into the world and seek inspiration and be inspiration. Thank you.